Welcome to Collective Balance, a podcast dedicated to the journey of creating balance in all aspects of life. I'm Lene, and I'm your host. I'm so glad you're here. This is episode one, and today we're going to talk about creating balance in everyday life through routine. Something I hear myself saying pretty much all the time is it's all about balance. It doesn't really matter what I'm talking about. And you'll start to see this, obviously, uh, throughout episodes as we're kind of diving deep into all these different aspects of life where we can create balance. I can give you so many examples, list them off here. Um, But I think that the most important thing about understanding balance is seeing it in action. So we're going to talk about experiences and how things work in my life as well as other people's. Um, I will talk about kind of theories and ideas that I've heard and tested and also have guests on to talk about their ideas. So stay tuned and get excited. I've been a natural planner slash list maker since a pretty young age. I can remember the first diary slash journal that I had. I got it from a little bookstore downtown. It has um, a bear on it and it's red and it's locked at the side. It's super small and each page is divided into two sections and you can date it and then you're supposed to write a little snippet for the day. And I still have that. I still have pretty much all of, um, I would say all of them. I can't remember any that I've lost. So I have all of my journals and diaries. They have changed so much, but I, I started so young and I would say that that was definitely in elementary school when I got that. It might've even been like maybe first or second grade. I could write, but not very well. I talked about boys and listed out my chores for the day or usually the week because I never got my chores done on the same day. Today, I use something called a bullet journal system, which we'll definitely um, jump into in a little bit. But first, I want to talk about where I started. After that little diary with the lock on the side and the bear on the front, I moved on to lined notebooks. Still pretty small in size, but spiral and not locked and didn't have a bear on the front. It wasn't diary style, but it still was like a diary journal for me. And this is where I started incorporating other things like passwords for online accounts and like school information. I think I'm probably in middle school by this point. Um, Still talked about boys, still made chore lists, but it became a little bit more than just to-do lists and little feelings and moods. From there, it evolved into, I would say high school, I used a a pre-made planner. I had designated squares for each day so I could write down my homework and due dates and whatever to-do list. And then I kind of strictly kept it to schoolwork. That's what I needed to keep up with. I would say it was really college where my planners and lists started really, really taking off. And I started making my own. And not just in lined paper notebooks, but I started using this system called the Disbound system, 
Staples has one called Arc. There's, I believe, the Happy Planner. And then there are a lot of uh, small businesses that will use this system as well and kind of create them. So basically what it is, is it, it's similar to a binder where pages can snap in and out. It takes a special hole punch that's kind of expensive and they're kind of mushroom shaped. So it, it just snaps in and out super easily. So you can rearrange pages whenever you want, um, add in section dividers and pockets and like zipper pockets and little folders and oh there's so much you can do whatever you can think of to hole punch um some people would make their own covers by um designing something on indesign or photoshop and printing it out getting it laminated and then hole punching and i think that's an awesome idea so i haven't done that yet but i've thought about it and basically what I did with this is I created a section for my planner, which would have, um, I, I made my own planners, planner days. So I would have a monthly one that folded out and it would just have little squares for the month, um, just to write down major events, birthdays, holidays, that kind of thing. And then my dailies would have a place for my top to do's for the day, um, a section for any events or time blocking. So I'd have a little, uh, I think it was from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. Then I'd have a place for notes. And I also was interning at the time. So I had a little section for tasks that were specific to my internship. And I would adapt this all the time. So um, another year in college, I was the editor-in-chief of the school newspaper. So during that time, I had a lot to track for the newspaper. It was a lot of work. Um, we had a small staff and not a lot of working hands. So I took on a lot of the responsibility and that meant balancing everything that had to be done on top of my schoolwork, on top of my work work, and then on top of my home life. So these planners really came in handy. So that was the first section. And then the middle section would be, I call it uh, just kind of like the list area. So that would be, I would start to write down things like movies I want to watch and places I want to go, things I want to buy for the house and things I want to do in the garden and all kinds of different lists for different things in my life. I'm, I'm a big list maker. So this section was, it's a big thing. I still use it, but in a different way. And then the third section was for notes. So if I was um, talking to somebody for school or work or had an interview or just generally needed to take notes on something, it would go there. And then I'd later copy it somewhere else if it needed to go somewhere else or I would just leave it there. So if I was listening to a podcast, I would take notes there. From there, I moved from the Dismount system because I wanted something a little more bound so I started using bound notebooks and the bullet journal system. I'm not sure if this is a well-known thing at this point. I know the community is huge, but I'm not sure if it's expanded outside of the community of planners and journalists. But it's basically a system. It was invented by Ryder Carroll, and it's based on simplicity, minimalism. You make a bullet pointed to-do list for the day. 
and then you use different symbols to mark the progress. So you could use a, a check mark to check it off when it's complete, um, an X that it was canceled, an arrow if it moves on to a different day or a different week. And you can do this based uh, either daily or weekly or monthly, whatever would work for you. And the idea is just to have one place where all your tasks are listed and you can easily see what's going on, what's been done, and what's been migrated. Um, and then you also can incorporate events. So I, I believe he used the dash for events. I still do that. Um, but I, I've changed a lot. So I, I've taken this this base system that he created and kind of expanded on it. There are tons of resources online on YouTube, Facebook groups, blogs dedicated to bullet journaling. But please understand that bullet journaling started as something very minimalistic and simple and has taken off to be very artistic and adaptable. The first year that I did it, I was pretty overwhelmed. I was kind of taking in all the options because it's a recurring theme in my life is I, I like to take in all the options before I make a decision. So I was watching YouTube videos and checking out all kinds of different things that people were doing in the Facebook groups and just trying to get an idea of what I could do with this system. That way I could find a way for it to work for me. And I like bought all kinds of washi tape, which is paper decorative tape and different colored pens and highlighters and basically tons of stationary stuff, which I love and have a bunch of anyway, but bullet journaling really took that to another level. Um, I definitely did not go as crazy as some other people have in their bullet journal supply shopping, but I did get a lot of stuff and used highlighters and created um, like boxes and tried to draw and really get creative with this. And you definitely can do that. But I recommend if you're thinking about trying it, start at the beginning, start at the basics, and then try to adapt it from there and incorporate more things. So from the very beginning, my 2017 bullet journal, where it started kind of simple and took off in many different directions. Some things on my index are short-term goals. I had an inspirational quote, things I wanted to buy for the home, long-term goals, my spring 2017 class schedule, tips for staying productive, some inspiration, a list of things um, to do for yourself. So I have things like different self-care, mostly self-care. Um, movie date releases was next. Movies I want to see. Tips for a healthy home. I created like a, a house cleaning schedule based on daily, monthly, weekly, yearly, bi-yearly, that kind of thing. I don't totally follow it. I actually might recreate that for 2020. Oh, I'm getting some ideas here. So uh, then I have like books to read, metabolism boosting foods, restaurants to try, recipes to try, basic shopping list, a personal wish list, 10 minute tasks for things to, you know, be productive, weekly exploration ideas, documentaries, blogs and their uses. I have I had three blogs at the time. This podcast actually started as a blog. Fun fact. Um, 
I started a blog a couple of years ago called Honest Herbalism. Before that, I had another blog, but that was more personal. Honest Herbalism was going to be dedicated to using natural herbal wellness to heal. It was basically all about the power of natural herbs and its different uses. But that was a little too specific for me where I am really passionate about those things. I'm also really passionate about a lot of other things. And through the years, I've tried to find a way to encompass kind of all the things that interest me into a overarching topic that I could base this blog on. Um, And that's where the podcast Collective Balance came in. It took me a while to think of a name for Collective Balance, which... I feel like it's a whole episode story and I might talk about, but it did start as a blog. So at the time I had to keep care of a track of my blog. So I also have like a spread where I, um, and basically a spread just means like a couple pages worth of information, but these were a little fancier. So it kind of was like, think of designing it first and then filling in the information so those spread kind of like incorporates the entire thing the designing the layout and putting the information in so I had a spread for blog posts as well to kind of document all my ideas and track them and I know people who um are creatives and they use their bullet journals to track their progress um either follower counts or just to write down all of their ideas And then break them down even more into whatever they're going to talk about for that, either YouTube video or podcast episode. There are just so many options for what you can use a bullet journal for, which is basically what I'm trying to express. Some other things I had in my 2017 bullet journal is for Valentine's Day, I pre-wrote out some ideas for what we were going to do and what I wanted to get him. And then I also have chicken fried rice recipe. It's just, it's so all encompassing. And then I was learning how to grow marijuana that year too. So I have tons of notes from different websites and YouTube videos, just all the research combined. And then from there in 2018, I decided to go back to something similar to the dispound system. Um, but a little different. It's called a traveler's notebook and it's based or traveler's journal. And it's basically uh, smaller notebooks that are all within one cover. And they, they're basically just held in with like a band in the middle. You can just band them in so you can take them out and put them in as you want. So you can swap out old notebooks and put in new ones based on the year. And you're basically just keeping the cover and changing the insides. So I thought that that would be really helpful for me to keep those three sections that I was going for um, originally with my disbound system where it's the planner, the list, and the notes. I didn't end up liking that. So in 2018, no, 2019, sorry, I went back to the bound bullet journal notebooks. I found this really great one from Michael's for like $6. I recommend it to everybody. If you're interested in bullet journaling, Michael's craft store has an incredible bullet journal line. It's, um, I can't remember the name of it, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's just like their brand. And it, you know, the pages don't bleed really well. The dots 
aren't super large. Oh, that's another thing I have not mentioned about bullet journaling is not only are you bulleting the tasks for the day and the events, but you're also using bulleted grid paper. So it's basically just dot grids. And it makes it easy to kind of use the paper like it doesn't have any lines or anything on it at all. So you can create your own boxes and your own sections or you can draw, you can color. Uh, people have watercolor in these. I've watercolored in these not very successfully. Um, but it also adds the structure of having lines. So you can use a ruler to create straight lines. But if you just want to go off of what's there, you can just connect the bullets to create a line if you don't have a ruler. So it's flexible, but structured. It's all about balance, you guys. It's right there in the bullet journal. So I don't really call the system that I use bullet journaling anymore because bullet journaling to me is Ryder Carroll's system and I have adapted that. So it started at bullet journaling and it has changed drastically. Some things on my index from my 2019 was I did the year in review again, but I also started including some other fun things like places that I've been in 2019 a memory bank, and this was kind of like the major highlights of my year. Anything that that really either, mostly things that spark some type of heavy emotion in me. So either really happy or really sad or excited. I did an ideal year again, or I tried to, but it never, it never came out. I think it's a blank page short-term and long-term goals. I also included a spread called when did I last? And that was mainly for cleaning. Like I have a filter on my shower. So I'd write, when did I last change the filter on the shower? When did I last? Um, I don't know, mop the kitchen floors that the bullet journal system really helped me to start being mindful of what's going on in my life and remembering things. It also acts as a reference for me. So from 2019 to 2020, 2020 has been a little bit lazier of a year for me in terms of journaling. I started to set it up and then at the beginning of the year, something really crazy happened that kind of changed my world. And I forgot about bullet journaling for a while. And when I got to the point where I was ready to set up 2020 journal, I really had to take into consideration routine because for the previous year's journals, I would have to set aside time every week to sit down and draw out the next week's planner pages because I, I would design them a little bit more. And I loved this. I really did. But it became kind of hard for me to keep up with. I was putting I was putting too much time into it, more time than I really needed or wanted. I do think it's important to put aside time to plan and create structure, but it doesn't have to be a lot at all. It just has to be enough. Even if your routine is loosely based, it'll at least create some structure to your day, give you a place to start, a next step, and make sure that Anything that's on your mind that needs to get done has a place to be written down and kind of live. That way you can feel like you can concentrate on something else and it won't get forgotten about. Routine has played a large part in adding balance in my schedule when things get really hectic because they do. 
I've used all these different planners and journal systems, you know, the pre-made ones and then the ones that I create myself and what has worked for me the most other than just having one is having one that I can customize and that keeps it simple. This might be different for you, but I suggest starting at simple. Routine for me is time management, creating task lists, and scheduling. And this, again, does not have to be as structured as it sounds. Adapt to make it work for you as little or as much as you need. This is especially important for freelancers and work from home people and stay at home moms that are balancing a lot of tasks and trying to stay on track. Even those with the nine to five jobs, sometimes that structure is needed even just within our work life to prioritize the tasks that we have the day for the day and balance projects and remember to email people back. So no matter what you're doing, I think that a routine and some type of structure would be helpful. So here are some tips for finding focus when creating that routine. Waking up and going to bed at a consistent time. This establishes a regular cycle in your body that is really, really beneficial so that you're awake when you're awake and you're asleep when you're asleep. And I know that sounds very obvious, but if you have trouble sleeping at night or you don't get enough sleep or you feel tired throughout the day, then you'll know what I mean by this. You, you want to be awake when you're awake and not need to like guzzle down coffee just to get to that point and continue to guzzle coffee to keep yourself there. When my sleeping schedule is out of whack, if I'm, you know, not meeting the minimum amount of hours that my body needs, or if I'm going to sleep at different times every single night and waking up at different times every single day, I feel so much more tired. I I feel like I'm not getting any sleep at all, even when I am. Our bodies function from pattern and routine in terms of sleep-wake cycles. Establishing a good bedtime is really crucial and also having a good wake-up time. For me, I've noticed that I function best if I go to bed around 11 and wake up around 7.30. Seven and a half hours of sleep is pretty much the sweet spot for me. Lately, I've been going to bed around 9 or 10 and waking up around 6.37. Um... The seasons are changing and I can definitely tell that my wake up time is changing with it. I have been waking up more when the sun wakes up. I'm getting closer and closer to waking up just at sunrise, which is crazy. Um, And without an alarm, this has never happened to me before. But if you go to bed at a decent time and you get on a schedule, your body will start getting used to it and being able to wake up naturally at that time. So you have to wake up at seven o'clock and see how many hours of sleep you feel like you need or go with a middle number like seven and whatever time that ends up being in the evening for you to start winding down and to get to bed at that time, structure it that way and try it and try to keep track of it. Write down at night what time you're like climbing into bed and getting ready to go to sleep and then write down what time you wake up the next day. Keep track of your patterns and see how you feel. If it's not working, then maybe adjust your pattern. Find what works best for you. Another tip is to not overpack your days consistently. 
Sometimes you will have that hefty to-do list that needs to get done that day. But if you're consistently packing your days really, really heavy, it's going to start to weigh on you. Try to follow up with a lighter day that has tasks that don't feel as stressful, rushed, or like work in it. You may have work the next day. Maybe that evening you have a couple hours of just reading or uh, 30 minutes of yoga. Find a way to incorporate some time of chill within your hefty days and then don't overpack them in your week. I recommend using time blocking. This is basically designating from this time to this time, I'm going to do this. I use it super loosey-goosey. Like today, from 8 to noonish, I'm going to work on my podcast. This might end a little early or go a little longer. I might get up in the middle and take a 10-minute walk outside. But I've blocked out that time. I've designated that time to that task. And it really helps to make sure that you're focusing on what you need to do when you need to do it. Time blocking can also be just scheduling in your lunch for your day or uh, an hourly walk outside. Or if you have multiple projects to work on throughout the day, designating time for each of them creates a better structure for your day so that you're being as productive as you can. And sometimes you might block out a time, say you block out 9 to 12 for a project and you plan on taking your lunch at 12, but you're so deep in that project and you're so close to being done, you only need a half an hour, then go over that half an hour and take your lunch at 1230 if you can. If you have that flexibility, I recommend using it. But having that time designated and you you spent that entire time working on it, that got you to the point where you could be almost done by lunch and you could finish before you go to lunch. That way, when you get to lunch and you're done with that project, it's going to feel even better because you're so productive and your time blocking worked and you're going to be happy. Here is the biggest tip that I can probably give you. A priority list. I also categorize this as setting intentions for your day and finding a place to start. I recommend starting with three, your top three tasks for the day. You can add more tasks to your list, but maybe create a space in between so you know what your priorities are, and then you know what comes after that. Basically, if you can only get three things done that day, what do they need to be? I recommend making this priority list the night before or even a week ahead. If you need to wait till that morning, you know, you sit down at your desk and that's when you make a priority list. Sometimes it might be like that, but I recommend doing it the night before. It'll be a lot more productive if you go to bed knowing where you're going to start the next day and when. This brings me to my next point of making a master task list. If you're someone who balances a lot of projects, a lot of tasks, a lot of jobs, having a master task list is kind of just a a running list of all of your tasks. You can maybe incorporate a color system for different projects, but doing this on a weekly or biweekly basis so that you have a running list of whatever tasks you have for that week or that month, it kind of becomes like a brain dump or catch-all for all of these moving parts that are constantly floating around in your brain. And having them down on paper can help to ease anxiety 
as well as clear your mind so that you can focus on the task at hand without feeling like you may forget about another task that is coming up. Next tip is to realize where things might not be working in your current routine or lifestyle. Pay attention to what you're struggling to do, what you dread doing, and make changes as necessary. You are in charge of your own life. You have the power. Also notice what is working. Acknowledge it. Appreciate it. Understand why it's working. And then try to understand why other things aren't working. It's a wonderful thing to find balance. Keep a notebook with you. Probably all the time, but mostly when it matters. When you're working, when you're trying to be productive. I have my bullet journal. I usually keep it in my bag, but it's always on my desk. Sometimes I'll keep it in my purse. It depends on where I'm going, what I'm doing. And this has all of my tasks, my thoughts, my wants, my needs, goals, doodles, whatever. And I always have it with me when I'm working. If you're not really a pen and paper kind of person, you can get a uh, an app for your phone or a digital planner, or you can create your own if you want to. A lot of people use their iPads to create digital planners. You totally don't have to do that. There are phone apps that are already made for this. There are also, if you have an iPhone, there is the to-do list app. You can just use that. Super simple, but finding a place where you can write things down and constantly reference them and create that structure is helpful. I recommend a notebook. Incorporate time for yourself. Self-care proper nutrition, and hydration. It's really important to drink water throughout the day. It's pretty common for people to mistake thirst with hunger and end up eating more than they need to because they're really just thirsty. So keep water with you. Try to drink it throughout the day. The goal is drink about half your body weight in water, but find a place to start. If you're not drinking any water, try to start with at least a couple glasses and then work your way up from there. Also, make time to exercise and move your body throughout the day. I try to move every hour, at least a little bit. Then I also do a at-home workout and usually a yoga or stretch session. And then I also walk the neighborhood. If you have sidewalks where you are and you're able to get out and walk around your neighborhood, I totally recommend you do so. Even if it's just five or 10 minutes, getting outside, fresh air and moving your body is really important part of your day. Also, eat balanced meals. Avoid overconsumption. This is food, media, social media, electronics in general. I'm sleeping with my phone downstairs. That way I don't use it right before bed and I don't use it first thing in the morning. It's, it's been really helpful. And I've been using, I actually keep my iPad by my bed. I usually have a book on there um, that I'll be reading. And I've been using that as an alarm clock when I need it. But as I mentioned earlier, I've actually been waking up naturally. So I'm going to take what I can get and not use an alarm while I can. Trying to put your phone away at a certain time. I know that it's recommended by a lot of professionals to put it away a couple hours before you go to bed. I know this is sometimes hard. So at least try to put it away half an hour to an hour before you go to bed. 
I also recommend using the function on your phone to turn on a social media window. It basically blocks your apps if you've used social media too long or outside of your usage window. Using all the tips and tricks that we've talked about in this episode, I'm just going to break this down into a little summary version. So the night before or the week before, writing down for each day any time blocks for work, appointments, meetings, just anything that has a specific time that you have to do it. Also write down your top three priorities and any other tasks that you need to do, you want to do, or would help to create a habit. And also anything else that you need to remember for the day. So maybe add a little note section. I usually start by sorting my thoughts and just considering all that I have to do and breaking it down by priority. So usually my work for that day is priority because I will have deadlines. So breaking down those deadlines, writing it out, it helps me to feel at ease and have a place to start, having a a goal for the day, finding focus. Otherwise, I'm just thinking, you know, the dishes need to be done. The laundry needs to be done. I need to do this for work. I want to go for a walk. I want to work out. I want to call my dad so many things. And then I'm like, well, where do I start? Do I start by calling my dad? Do I start by just jumping into work? But then I'd really like to get the dishes done. When do I eat lunch? If you don't have a place to start, how can you expect to finish? A few additional tips for how I establish priority is to consider stuff that you need to do, your work obligations, due dates, meetings, appointments, then stuff that you want to do, any passion projects, hobbies, spending time with friends and family, activities, events. And then you have the stuff that you should do. Household chores, meal prep, cooking, cleaning, fun stuff. And then the necessities, you have to eat and drink water and you really should exercise. It should be considered an ex- a, a necessity just like eating and drinking water. But I know that that's hard to get started and an episode for another time, we will really dive deep into how to get and stay motivated to exercise. A typical work day for me is to wake up around 7.30 a.m. This is changing a little bit recently. I'm out of bed by 8, 8.30-ish. And then I stretch anywhere, wearing anything. Just give your body a really good, loving stretch in the morning. You don't have to bust out your yoga mat or feel like it's something you have to set up for, just stretch. And then I chug a bunch of water. Um, I try to drink at least eight ounces, eight to 16 ounces first thing when I wake up in the morning. Usually means I have to pee. Then I wash my face and get dressed and kind of, whether I'm working from home or going out to work, I will kind of make it seem like I'm going out to work. Because if If you ever have tried to work from home, you know that if you stay in your pajamas, it's a lot harder to get started. It doesn't feel like you're going to work and you need to kind of make it feel like you're going to work. And then I run around the house for a little while, cleaning up, feeding the cat, getting ready for my day. I usually have music on and I'm dancing. I'll have tea and I'll stop outside for fresh air. And then I will gratitude journal three things that I'm grateful for. Um, and kind of reevaluate my task list and just get an idea of it and write down anything that I might not have gotten the day before. Then I get settled into my desk and work. I work my regular job from nine to two. 
And then I will check email accounts for other jobs and work on any additional projects slash work that needs to be done. While I'm working throughout the day, I will try to get up for stretching and walks every hour. It's really important, if, especially if you're working at a desk job. Our bodies aren't meant to be sitting for that long. We need to get up and move around. After work, I'll usually work on a personal project or play a game, and then I'll work out if I didn't in the morning, have dinner, shower and relax, read, and then go to bed. That's my ideal day. And there's usually other stuff in there. Sometimes maybe I'll go out and run an errand or I'll have another dance party in the afternoon. And I accommodate for that. But I I generally try to follow this structure so that I'm getting all the things in that I need to do as well as the things that I want to do and the things that make me feel good, like getting up and moving around getting fresh air, dancing, singing, having fun. On the days that I have structure and I've spent the time laying out the priorities and what I need to accomplish, those are the days that my mentality is the best and I get the most done. When I establish priorities and know what's important and essential, don't be afraid to experiment and don't be afraid to fail. The pieces take time to fit together. So what's one way that you set intention for your day? What helps to keep you productive? Do any of the ideas that I mentioned in this episode already work for you? Or is there anything that sticks out for you that you'd like to try? I'd love to hear from you. Leave me a comment. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Collective Balance Podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and review on your favorite podcast streaming app. Share with friends and family you think the podcast would resonate with and make sure to follow Collective Balance Podcast on Instagram to stay up to date on episode releases and related content.